God, you're awesome. You can be seated. I just want to say, don't leave this place today without having what you want. There's power in this house today. God is in this place today. And you can have, I really believe this, you can have whatsoever you ask in the will of the Lord. You can have that today before you leave here. I believe that, I feel it, and I just want somebody to know, if you'll get connected into what's going on here, there's going to be some lives leave here changed today. I'm going to go to 2 Thessalonians 2.1 if you want to turn there. There is a book out in the foyer that extreme times power countering antichrist spirit forces some of the chapters why satan hates you praying with authority binding and loosing armor of god breaking powers of darkness if you're interested they're out there uh there's not that many uh twelve dollars if they run out and you want one you can go on amazon and and purchase it i'm anticipating this morning a move of the Holy Ghost, and I believe God is going to accomplish some things in people today that will just simply submit themselves to Him and allow Him to work. Second Thessalonians 2 Thessalonians 2.1, I give honor to your pastor. I give honor to the ministry here. I love this man of God. I appreciate him so much. Love his spirit. I love what he's doing. And I, I just enjoy being around the Murphys. Thank you so much for the hospitality and everything you've done this weekend. It is a privilege and honor to come here. And uh, I, just, I just love being here. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ... By our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, or be troubled neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Our title today is Lawlessness, Living in an Insane World. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. God, I'm praying, I'm praying this morning that you give us revelation, that you open up our minds, our understanding in the name of Jesus. And I pray, God, that you help us. Lord, help us to go where you want us to go today in the spirit. I pray it in the name of Jesus. I bind every spirit of negativity. 
that would try to come against and influence this congregation this morning. I bind it by the power and authority of the Word of God. And I loose, Lord, understanding and faith and favor in this congregation in Jesus' name. Will somebody claim it by saying in Jesus' name? Let's give him a hand clap of praise as we're seated. Hallelujah. The headlines read, or read, when the insane are normal, the normal are insane. Knowledge is power. It's important that we understand scripturally the events of our day. Our text says, don't be shaken in mind. Don't be troubled. Don't let anyone deceive you. Evil forces leave no rocks unturned as they war against everything that is godly. We should take comfort in knowing greater is he in you than he that is in the world. There's much going on globally that would not be taking place in a sane world. Just a few years ago, events of today would not have been accepted then. The world is changing drastically. The immoral is accepted in greater proportions than any other day. The abnormal of yesteryear has become the normal today. The Atlantic, a moderate magazine, published an article titled How American Politics Went Insane. And in, in short, it explains the U.S. system of politics and government is broken because a great many things that have have been done to supposedly reform the system, have backfired. It reads that our nation has declined in the political system's capacity for self-organization, a term known as chaos syndrome. There are others comparing modern-day America to the fall of the ancient Roman Empire that became swallowed up in corruption and immorality. Even the secular world understands we're in serious trouble. As Christians, we have got to come to grips with the day we live in. Stop allowing ourselves to become sidetracked by opinions, media media rhetoric, propaganda, and agendas. We have to go back to Bible basics and realize the Bible holds truths that address this hour. It warns us of an antichrist spirit that works and is in full attack mode. In a short time, America has succumbed to an immoral liberal state of godlessness that is about to do her in. Our country is so ripped, ripped apart by division that, is, that it's impossible to preach the word of God without offending somebody. The homosexual and the transgender are offended. Those that are pro-abortion are offended. The atheists, the Satanists, the Muslim are offended. Politics and government issues are a real part of prophecy. But point out the liberalism of government and political platforms, and somebody is going to be offended. It's even become offensive to many when you preach the coming judgment of God. Now we are left with the consequences of a world gone mad, leaving godly principles to seek our own devices. 
America has given in to immorality, sexual immorality rages with no thought of biblical consequences. It's given in to abortion. Pornography is a multi-billion dollar industry. Unnatural affections, abomination is the norm. Everything goes in a lewd society. Modesty is a thing of the past. Purity is some old school philosophy scorned. And government has condoned and even promotes this immoral society. Psalms 9.17 says, When a nation turns their back on God, that nation will be turned into hell. We've had times in recent years, months, and days that it seemed like our world has been swallowed up by hell. In Matthew 24, the disciples have asked Jesus, when will you return? What's the world going to look like? Jesus is explaining. We've heard and read the stories. History has documented the atrocities. Movies have, made, have been made of, the ro of rogue nations of years ago, but the facts are, uncivilized, lawless societies of the past don't hold a candle to what's taking place today. We have morphed from a so-called uncivilized global society to a new world order. It's supposed to be greater, better, more user-friendly. This new world order brought with it rage, hatred, and prejudices that, that has gripped our world with people killing each other without remorse or repentance. Why? Because it is manipulated by a demonic force that races toward an unstated deadline trying to beat the demise it knows it faces. That is why we see so much lawlessness. Matthew 24, 12, Jesus explains, In the last days lawlessness will abound. The love of many will wax cold. The word for iniquity from the original here means Lawlessness. It's not just rioting and shootings in our streets. Lawlessness is in government globally. It's in politics. It rages throughout society. We have never lived in a day more lawless than today. A day when there are places in our country that people live with an unsettling fear, in a state of anxiety, without any security of feeling, feeling safe. I've come to understand, it has been my experience in, experience in services across the country, even around the world, that there is a real battle going on against the spirit of fear. That feeling is spreading like a cancer throughout our world. We live in a lawless world. There's no shame, no longer any shame in our world. Life is of little value. We value lives of animals more than we value souls of mankind. We all know about recent animals that had to be put down to save the lives of children and the outrage that erupted. This world's mindset is twisted. The love of many has waxed cold, fulfilling scripture, pointing, screaming to the signs of Christ's soon return. It's possible that I'm boring some of you. I think I mentioned this last night because everything I'm talking about this morning is old news. 
We live this stuff every day. We literally live fulfilling prophecy, real time, right out of the pages of our Bible. Just like stories in Scripture, David and Goliath, Samson and the Philistines, Israel at the Red Sea, the walls of Jericho, etc., on and on. The only difference in reading those stories and what we are experiencing is that we are living out in the flesh highly significant end-time prophecy, predictions written some 2,000 years ago by ancient prophets that are fulfilling without any contradiction. It's time some that haven't been paying attention recognize what time it is. There are world events taking place that on the surface don't make sense, and the action known as Brexit or British exit is one. Britain was a member of the EU for 43 years, not just a member, but a very powerful voice in the European Union. The British people voted to exit the EU, and it shocked the world. Globalists and New World Order agitators are upset because they think their agendas seem to be sidetracked. It's a spirit of Antichrist agenda. Daniel 11.36 explains the Antichrist will do as he pleases. This spirit runs rampant prepping society for tribulation living. As far as prophecy, many see Brexit as greatly setting back the development of the reviving Roman Empire. My observation is this. It is a mistake to believe the British exit from the EU spells a postponement or even a slowdown and prophetic progression. I believe that this event is putting prophecy on the fast track to fulfillment. These dynamics are not stalling the spirit of Antichrist. It actually speeds up the reshaping, the reviving of the Roman Empire process, the economic problems are building on a global basis. It has become very apparent that all monetary matters are incredibly linked. One economic movement in any part of the world creates ripples that threaten to bring the whole system crashing down. There's more conflict around the world now than ever in the history of earth. But major war is straining to break out all around the world. We live under Armageddon conditions, meaning the slightest spark in Armageddon could begin. Russia is on edge, agitating with military maneuverings that threaten Soviet-style aggression. China flexes its muscles ever so often. North Korea constantly beats its war drums. Iran continues with its nuclear weapons building, vowing to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Syria is disintegrating. It, it's being turned into a heap of rubble. Indeed, Isaiah 17 is coming to pass right before our very eyes. Turkey is reshaping. Israel continues to be the target for destruction for, for all of its terrorist-spawning neighbors, edging closer and closer to World War III. The Isaiah 17 and Psalm 83 war may very well be underway right now that, that leaves Damascus in a heap 
of rubble that Scripture describes. It's possible the finale of this war could debut the Antichrist. This is not the day, it's not the hour to be slacking in your relationship with God. Britain's exit from the EU makes perfect sense at this time in Bible prophecy. Britain's membership alongside Germany didn't fit Bible, Bible predictions for the last days and the conditions listed in Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ezekiel 38 and 39 lay out a future fast approaching invasion against Israel by an alliance of nations led by a leader from the north, Russia. Vladimir Putin at the helm were when Gog Magog breaks loose remains to be seen. But he has made tremendous strides in aligning this coalition together. It is the Gog Magog battle of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Today, right now, in 2017, two sets of alliances exist in the Middle East. They are described by Ezekiel in chapters 38 and 39. These alliances are eerily aligned in our modern day world. These nations have never been aligned like this in history before. In fact, there has been history of them hating each other. They correlate exactly with the predictions made by Ezekiel 38 and 39. This is the alliance of Gog Magog that will think an evil thought and attack Israel. These nations have gravitated together today. Exceptional close relationships exist that have formed in recent years. Wrapped up in and around all of this is ISIS. ISIS simply adds another layer of terrorism, chaos to everything, and its ultimate goal is to wipe Israel off the face of the earth. Ezekiel 38.3 declares that God will put hooks in their jaws and verse 10 says to take spoil. The oil and the gas reserves that Israel has found in recent years are massive, making it worthy of the hook and the jaw description for attacking Israel for the spoil. The alliance is formed. Gog Magog is charged. It's simply a matter of time. There's another alliance depicted in Ezekiel 38. It is those opposing countries that will respond to Gog's invasion of Israel. This coalition described in Ezekiel 38.13 offers up a weak, mild protest against the Gog-Magog invasion. Have you come to take spoil? Have you assembled yourself to take away cattle, goods, and gold, and oil? It is this mild protest that is prophetic and it relates directly to Britain's exit from the European Union. Britain, part of the EU, meant that Britain functioned as a part of the apparatus, a voice with other members of the European Union, including its foreign policy. Britain listed in verse 13 of Ezekiel 38 does not make sense as part of the EU because it would be protesting against members that are listed as part of the Gog-Magog invasion. It makes perfect sense that Britain exits the European Union. This 
was an obscured piece of prophetic puzzle that still needed to fall in place. God is in control. Another event that is tragic to world globalists is the results of the U.S. election. I'm not talking about your or my opinion. Obviously, there has been much opinion stated through social media as well as the rioting and the protests that are rampant around our country. But I'm speaking of the globalist outlook. I quote the French ambassador to Washington tweeting his dismay at the collapsing New World Order. He said, after Brexit and this election, anything is now possible. A world collapsing before our eyes, dizziness. He's right. Anything can happen. Globalists see Brexit and the American exit as setbacks. But these events are not setbacks to Satan's powering up his tribulation agenda. Timothy 4.3 warns us of the conditions in the last days. People would not endure sound doctrine. Don't forget scripture. 2 Thessalonians 2.3 and 4. Paul warning, don't let any man deceive you. It is Satan that promotes a substitute for God. It will be a man. A platform. A government. The original says that it is a government that stands on its feet and it declares, here's your answer. What we are experiencing today is a snapshot of what's coming. Don't overlook verse 9 through, through 11. In the future, a platform arises from the pits of hell that is after the working of Satan. The people are programmed to relying on government. They fall for it hook, line, and sinker. Why? Because they turned from truth. They believed the lie. They, the power, the signs and lying wonders of satanic vision. In doing so, God sends them strong delusion to believe a lie. Take some trips overseas. In every place I've been, and I've been a few places, you'll find the UN set up offices everywhere you go. My point is, even here in America to a degree today, people rely on government. It's not that great of a transition that we're talking about to take place at the right time. Remember Paul Henry Spake's words, former Secretary General of NATO. What we want is a man of sufficient stature to hold the alliances of all people, to lift us out of the economic morass into which we are sinking. Send us such a man, be he God or devil, we will receive him. That's the mindset. Just give me what I need. I don't care about your platform. I don't care what you believe. doesn't matter whether you like God, you believe in God. doesn't matter if you hold up the principles of God, but give me what I want. I sh should have left that alone in 
shouldn't have went down that road. No, prophecy has not had a setback. We aren't in a reprieve. We're now fast-tracking. These are not globalization setbacks. The clock history has not turned back. George Soros and other billionaires manipulate for a one-world government. The agenda hasn't changed. It's just become more volatile because elitists don't like perceived setbacks. The path of this world has been set into motion. A new president, a new leader of a nation, any nation, whomever you thought it needed to be, was, is, not the answer. The masses funded, pushed, prodded, fiercely demanding their way. Ultimately motivated by the spirit of Antichrist will not be satisfied until enough chaos is created that Paul Henry Spake's words, be he God or devil, we will receive him, comes to pass. Globalization marches on. The push for a united world has not faltered. The setbacks have not taken place. If anything, the results of Brexit in America's election has created more free fire under the elitists and the global mob of angriness. The spirit of Antichrist is having a heyday. The only answer for the Christian. The born again, the blood-bought bride. And to everybody else in the world is Jesus. The rally cry needs to be, I want more of Jesus, less of this world. What we all need to be watching for is a rapture. Our focus should be, I must be saved. Is there anybody else in the house that will proclaim it, will scream it, will holler it? I must be saved. Is there anybody in the house? You've got your mind made up. It don't matter what happens, but I will be saved. Would you give him a hand clap of praise? I wish we'd give him a standing ovation this morning. I wish we'd give him a standing ovation this morning. I wish somebody would praise him. From the top to the top of your lungs right now. Just how loud can you holler, Jesus? Hallelujah. You can be seated. If you're wondering what's going on, what all this is about, how did we get here? Why is everything so dysfunctional? Beyond the short answer of it's just the day we live, and, and that's correct. But there is answers from the Word of God explaining how we arrived at our current state of dysfunction. Much Scripture explains it, but let's look at one passage. Study Romans 1, through 32. When you have the opportunity, it'll give you more details. We'll look at verse 24 through 26, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. Brother Murphy, 
that life, that body that God breathed into, that he formed, that every one of us, when he breathed life into us now, we take it and we go do whatever we want to with it. That's not God's plan. They traded the truth about God God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. That's why this world is in the state that it's in today. This is written to the church. It's warning the church to, to, to beware of leaving godly principles. This world has lost its grip on biblical reality. It has turned its back on Jesus. It seeks strange idols to worship. It searches for answers in human ingenuity and immorality. This world is a messed up place. 2 Timothy 3.13 predicted that it would wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. There is a driving force behind it all. You're probably familiar with 1 John 4.3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. 1 John 4.3 pursues our text reading. 2 Thessalonians 1.3 Let no man deceive you by any means. 2 Thessalonians is warning those that will listen to not be deceived by the forces of evilness racing to bring about the fulfillment of Revelation 16.13 And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs during the tribulation Three unclean spirits come out of the mouth of the devil through the mouth of the Antichrist system and out of the mouth of the Antichrist goes out into the world drawing nations and the masses to the battle of Armageddon. The setting of this scripture is right before Armageddon. What we must understand today, that same spirit is working right now against humanity. It works against nations and governments. It's against anything of authority to impose its own authority. You wonder why there is so much instability, the violence and the chaos. You can blame it on anything you want to. You can choose whatever source you want. But the core issue is a spirit of antichrist that is at all-out war against humanity. Breaking down sound thinking. It battles individuals like you and I. It's all about reaching the ultimate goal of crushing humanity in the valley of Megiddo, Armageddon. Today, all the lawlessness, the chaos, the distress of nations, the dysfunction, Brexit examples, government insanity, shootings insanity, rage, hatred, racism, etc., on and on. Every messed up dysfunction you can think of is a workings of the spirit of Antichrist chasing the so far elusive fulfillment of Revelation 16. Some will say, don't spiritualize everything, preacher. Somebody better wake up and realize there is a spirit world more real at work than our physical world 
working behind the scenes, manipulating to be the dominating force in your and my life. It ain't playing no games. It's playing for keeps. And if you don't hear anything else today, you better hear that. Ezekiel 38, 9 describes it. Thou shalt ascend and come like a storm. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. Thou and all thy bands and many people with thee. It's like a hurricane coming. Y'all kind of know what, a little bit about those. And as a hurricane approaches, there's tornadoes that are spawned off before the hurricane ever reaches you. Creating calamity and catastrophe. There's people that are killed in the tornado before the hurricane ever gets here. We're in those times of tornadoes. But we're watching for the cat 10 that's coming to obliterate us. Our text talks about the push for the wicked one, the Antichrist, to be revealed. It explains that the end time church is going to see plenty of gloom and doom. And if you can't see any gloom and doom, I don't know what to tell you. It seems like some politicians can't see it. Everything's just rosy. I shouldn't have said that. During the last days, the earth is going to be full of dysfunction. Scripture explains it. It describes it. A cesspool of filth. Messed up life right before the rapture. But God is in control. God protected his people in Goshen against a barbaric Pharaoh that wouldn't bow to Almighty God. He, if he can protect a nation, he can protect you and I. His bride will be protected. The end time bride is seen with her head held high and victorious, not beat up and bloody. Whom should you fear of, or of whom should you be afraid? God in you is greater than anything that we will face in this world. Will somebody give him a hand clap of praise? There's a bunch changed since last year I was here. I got a question for you. What is going to be different? I, you hadn't asked me to come, but I'm just saying. Let, let's do it this way. What is difference? What is the difference between now and next year at this time? If you'll just roll back your memory of a year, just one year, and think of the difference from now to then and how crazy it's gotten. One year. One year year. I promise you there's places in America that if you go to today you are more careful than you were just a year ago. Much less the world. But I've got a few scriptures for you. Philippians says 4-6 be careful for nothing. The original explanation is don't be anxious for anything. The one in relationship with God through supplication prayer will have the mind of Christ for this end time hour. 
Then John 16, says, These things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. Just keep that scripture up there. In this world, you will have tribulation. I don't know about some of y'all, but I was one of the ones that stayed up to watch 2016 make sure it left. I'm, I ain't lying, brother. I was glad to see it go. I told your pastor, 2016, the first half of 2016, I'm like, yeah, I got this, bay. This ride is under control here. We're rolling on. The last half, God's got a sense of humor. He said, watch this, boy. You better start relying on me with everything you got. I learned some, some things in the last half of 20. I'm not, I'm not lying to you. I learned some stuff in the last half of 2016. So maybe it's all rosy for y'all. But then that scripture, I actually, when I was putting this message together, I was in the middle of a bunch of transition and I said, you might have peace? Really, God? Be of good cheer? Are you crazy? Have you lost your, I'm talking to God. Have you lost your mind? I understand Job. And I see where he lives. Do you see me? I'm here. Oh, I, I can tell right now. I'm, I'm ringing some bells right now. Y'all can all sit there with a mask on, but I can feel your spirit. There's a few of you in here going, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, you right there. Be of good cheer. Do what? You know, Sister Murphy, we're always been taught, especially in ministry, don't let people know you're going through anything. I'm talking about ministry. Now, I'm not, that statement didn't mean that you don't go to God, you don't fall on your face, and you don't squall and snot and everything else to Him and say, God, I need you. That's not what that said. But, buddy, it was a few days in my life at the end of 2016. I didn't even want to walk in church. And I'm supposed to be the preacher that Sunday. <laughs> Y'all don't believe me. Be of good cheer. Read the rest of it. Because I have overcome the world. Now, Sister Murphy, isn't there a scripture in the Bible that says... That you are a temple of the Holy Ghost? She's not just a temple of the Holy Ghost. If you've got the Holy Ghost living in you, speaking in other tongues, everybody in here with that is a temple of the Holy Ghost. Have I got time? I need, I need a few minutes. I, got, I need to break some news in on some of y'all. Especially the ones that don't, you haven't spoken in other tongues. You don't have the spirit dwelling in you. There's only one thing that you really are. I don't care what you're going through this life doing. It don't matter what job you got. It don't matter what career you have. It does not matter. That Bible, if you go to that verse, 
You're, all, you're just one thing. That's all you are. You're a temple of the Holy Ghost. So if you haven't allowed him to fill you, you're not doing what he wants you to do because he's wanting to live in you. And I'm not being ugly. That's scripture. But back to what we were talking about. It says that we're a temple of the Holy Ghost. And I have overcome the world. That same spirit that dwells in you and I, that is the Holy Ghost. That same spirit, the blind saw, the dumb walked, the deaf heard. Jesus walked this earth with that same spirit on him. That same spirit resurrected Jesus from the dead. And that same spirit lives in you and I. We are the temple of the Holy Ghost. With power and authority, we have the spirit of God dwelling in each one of us. Whom should you fear? Of whom should you be afraid? Every one of us today has a power in us that can overcome the world. Oh, if you would get this, you would be so excited, you couldn't stand yourself. There is a power dwelling in you that shouldn't back up from anything. It don't matter what storm comes. It don't matter what happens in this world. But God says, you can overcome the world because I overcame the world. Somebody give him a hand clap. It's time for another standing ovation to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody. Clap unto the Lord like you really believe it. Clap unto the Lord like you know who he is. Clap unto the Lord. All you people, somebody magnify the Lord with me this morning. Oh, magnify the Lord. When all hell breaks loose, when everything comes against you with everything it's got, it don't matter because my daddy has got my back. When you're in that storm, if you'll just hold on and you really understand, this is where we've got to get to. I know that 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 I know. I know he's for me. He's not against me. I know he's working all things out to my good. Because when I come out of that storm, when I come from here to there, I'm going to be better than I was before I went into it. He's just perfecting me. Oh, I wish somebody would get, I wish somebody would get what I just said. That was a word to somebody in this house. Come on, people. Clap to him for a moment. I wish you would raise the roof. There, we're going someplace right now. I wish you would raise the roof, roof in this place. For two nights, I've talked about us being the apostolic church, the end time church. 
And we had some great things take place, Brother Murphy. I had nothing to do with it. Just got up here, stumbled around on my words. Somehow the message got out. And you responded. And you gave in to Jesus. You submitted yourself. And there was great things took place the last two nights. And I don't expect anything different this morning. Standing where you're at. If you've got pain in your body. I'm doing it, I'm doing it one more time because I feel to do it. I didn't plan on it. He's just saying do it. If you have pain in your body, raise your hand. Raise it high. If you see somebody with pain in, your bo- in their body, turn around. We're getting ready to pray for them. Now, I want everybody to look around see everybody with a pain in their body, and I want somebody laying a hand on, some, on the one that's got pain. Now, folks that's been here for the last two nights, you know, you know what we're doing. We're commanding that pain to go. We're commanding it to leave, and it's getting ready to go. Lord, by the power and authority of the Word of God in Jesus' name, I command pain to leave this house. I command it to go by the power and authority of the Word of God. We stand on the Word of God. And God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for this pain leaving right now in Jesus' name. I lose healing. I lose faith. In the name of Jesus, I command it to go. And we loose faith and healing in Jesus' name. Now I'm asking this whole congregation to to rejoice with everyone we prayed with that the pain has gone. Those we prayed for rejoice in the Lord that it's gone. We're going to do this just a little bit different this morning. I want everybody to be seated except the ones we prayed for. If we prayed for you, stay standing. Now I want you to feel that place. If you don't have pain anymore, sit down. That's what I'm talking about. Now, can you stand to your feet and give him praise and honor and glory? Can you do that? Come on, somebody. Is he worthy of praise, glory, and honor? This house ought to erupt over what they just saw. Somebody praise him. Somebody honor him. God, we praise you. We glorify your name. We lift you up. We worship you. We magnify your name. God, you're a holy And you're mighty. You're magnificent. You're awesome, God. Now, here's the rest of the service. If you're in this place, you've never spoken in other tongues. As the Spirit gives utterance, I'm getting ready to invite you so that you can have this power that we've talked about residing in you before you walk out of those doors. 
your life changed before you leave this place. A fresh start before you go out those doors. I'm going to invite you with those that need healing. That have dysfunctions in their home, in their lives. That have things that they simply need God to work out. And then after I invite you, this apostolic church, this apostolic end time church is going to gather around and we're going to pray for the miracle and the supernatural to take place in your life. And people are going to walk out of here healed. They're going to walk out of here filled with the Holy Ghost. They're going to walk out of here with their lives changed. Never to look back at what was affecting them. So, if you need God, you need the Holy Ghost, you need an answer from Jesus, come down. Get as close to this front as you can. In this atmosphere, anything can happen. There's no reason to beg this morning. You just simply need to come. Don't worry about what people think. It's their problem if they're thinking something ignorant. I said that for somebody. Don't be, the point with that is don't be intimidated. I'm waiting just a second or two longer because there's somebody in this house. I feel it in the spirit. He won't let me go. There's somebody that needs to come to this front because you need prayer. You need God to deliver you from a situation that you don't have an answer for and you don't have a clue how things are going to happen and work. You need God. You're not down here yet. I want those down here in the front to come as close to, to this platform as you can get. Line up across this platform. This is audience participation Sunday. Now I want the children of God, the bride of Christ, to come in around these folks. This is the apostolic church in action. This is the end time church and practice. Get as close as you can so you can lay hands on somebody in front of you. And if, that, if you're not in the front, lay hands on the person in front of you because they're laying hands on the person here in the front. I'm taking my time because I want everybody in this thing now we're getting ready to bind some things and tell it to leave we're not going to coddle it we're not going to ask it we're not going to beg for it we're going to command it to go by the power and authority of the word of God 
Then we're going to lose faith, joy, peace, healing. And then we're going to start rejoicing. And when we start rejoicing, people are going to step from the physical into the supernatural. And they're going to get what they need. But we're going to begin with asking God to forgive us of anything, to purge us. So there's nothing in us that will restrict His Spirit. So do that with me, Lord. In the name of Jesus, everybody in the building. Everybody in the building. God, forgive me of anything I've done, anything I've said, anything I've thought. God, I ask you to forgive me right now. Cleanse me. Lord, cleanse me. Purge me. God, I pray that you forgive me this morning. I lay myself on the altar and I ask you for forgiveness, God. I repent before you in the name of Jesus. Now, as an entire congregation, we bind by the power, come on, pray with me, by the power and authority of the Word of God. I bind situations and circumstances. I bind infirmity. I command it to leave right now. I, co- I bind dysfunction. And I command it to go right now. In the name of Jesus. I bind financial problems. I command them to leave right now. By the power and authority of the Word of God. I bind marriage problems. I bind family dysfunction. I command it to leave. I command it to go right now by the power and authority of the Word of God in Jesus' name. I lose faith into this atmosphere. I lose healing into this atmosphere. I lose the